0: The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little Jones of christylittlejones.com, episode number 141. Today's episode is my monthly conversation and collaboration with Nicole Clough from My Tilted Crown Productions. We are talking about the challenges of becoming a single mom after divorce. The trauma of the transition, the challenge of communicating with her ex, the obstacles of co-parenting, and all of the things you never thought you would have to deal with alone as a single mom. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. Today's episode is our monthly collaboration between the Wife Wisdom Podcast and My Tilted Crown Productions. We come together once a month to focus on, encourage, support, and champion women who may be separated or divorced right now, but still have a desire to be married. So let me tell you a little bit about Nicole Clough and how My Tilted Crown came about. Nicole was married and had three children. Life was pretty normal until... 14 years later, one day, her husband didn't want to be married anymore. She was devastated. She had never planned for this. She found herself as a single mom of three teenagers. But in true fashion, she turned lemons into lemonade and created My Tilted Crown Productions as an encouragement to women whose crown had been tilted by life's unforeseen circumstances. But it didn't change the powerful woman within. Because you are not married does not mean that you don't have or can't cultivate the heart of a wife. So thank you for joining me for today's episode with founder and CEO of My Tilted Crown Productions, Nicole Cleff. Say so Excited. We are back. We are back. Yes. yes. And we are talking about motherhood. We are talking about single motherhood. Mm,
1: good morning. <laughs> yes, good morning. yes, yes, yes.
0: Right? And we never, ever thought we would be here.
1: No. Not but, at all. Not, <laughs> not all. not at all. Not yes, at all. Go ahead and just never. start with that. Let's dive in. Yes. So, Single motherhood is such a, an interesting label to put on myself at this stage in life. It's it's something that uh, I feel I certainly worked so hard not to get to. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting. You know, when you're younger and you see, you know, young moms having children and, out of wedlock, and you know, you grow up in the church, and you, you hear the talk about you know not having sex, not you know um, becoming a a, ma, a single mom, how hard that life would be, and so you with intention, and it was truly with intention. I'll never forget it. I was 11 years old, and uh, someone was getting married at our church, and they were pregnant coming down the aisle, and but they had a white dress on. And so I said to myself at 11 years old, I couldn't believe it. I thought to myself, I don't want to be like that on my wedding day. Mm -hmm. I want to wear a white dress and it mean exactly what it represents. Mm -hmm. No shade to anyone. And I'm not, I'm not speaking down to anyone in any way, but as a young child, I think when I was just conditioned in a way or raised in a way spiritually, that's how I thought. And I, with intention and with purpose, um, went in that direction and i got married a virgin many many years later than after 11 years old but that was the purpose and it wasn't you know it wasn't a, a braggadocious type of thing it was my commitment to the lord and that's and that's why my life went in the direction that it did and so i thought you know when i had uh children and and or when i started having sex and was able to have children under the covenant of marriage that that's how that would be, you know, until death did us part. And to now be in a place that I didn't want to be years ago is just mind-blowing to me. It really is. And it's a daily um, engagement of, sis, it's okay. Nicole, it's okay, you know, that you're in this place. There's purpose in it. Let's let's find that purpose. So I worked hard not to get to a place that I find myself in. (laughs) So, it's uh, it's an interesting journey.
0: Yes. You, I, I, and I, and I believe that women who desire to get married and have a family who end up a single mom, I, I think that they all feel the same way, you know, like this yeah. was not supposed to happen. This was not supposed to be the plan, you know, like the plan was supposed to be a complete family, as you said, and, you know, what, how did I get here? Like, what happened? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anybody prepares to be a single mom. Like.
1: No, I agree with you. I think I, I don't, and, and, and I, and let me just say, you know, no, I, I, single moms, I think are like superheroes. Okay. (laughs) You know, they are superheroes. So I never want to shed a light to to speak in a way that I feel like, you know, this is a wrong thing. Um, As a child, I think I just saw it in a different way, but you don't prepare for it. But when you, in my mind, when you do things out of wedlock, you know, when you have sex, let's just talk, let's just talk real. Right. So if if you're out having sex, you're not protecting yourself or you're not being protected. You have the ability to become a parent. Yeah. I know my, my cousin, you know, rest her soul. She's no longer with us. You know, she wanted to be a mom and she didn't have children. And so she found herself as a mom, a single mom, and she did a fantastic job with her son. And so I, I, I don't think it's so much as nobody prepares for it per se, because you don't, especially in relationships, you think these things are somehow going to work themselves out. Mm -hmm. But when you find yourself in that space, um, just really learning and understand how to embrace this moment of, you know, raising your child or children um, as a single mom and really being uh, intentional about it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Can you address or talk a little bit about the, the process of being married, going through a divorce and becoming a, a single mom, single parent, and the embarrassment or the shame that many women experience as a
1: result? Yes, that's a, that's a heavy one. Um, you know, it was so exciting for me to, to get married um, and to find out for the first time that I was pregnant. And, you know, that joy and that excitement, you know, is really the fuel that, that is is what drives your relationship. Um, And being parents, you know, coming up with a plan and, and and thinking with um, forethought and um, on purpose as to how you're going to raise your children. You know, you talk about discipline, or you talk about what you want them to to be aware of and be engaged in, and you talk about all those things. And so, for me, um, I believe during my entire marriage, <laughs> I was in preparation. I was in single mom boot camp <laughs> because um, I married a man in the military, yes. and in doing that. I had to be at home for a long time, you know, without my spouse around. And so I really began to, even at that time, despise that whole process Mm. of being at home as a, as a military spouse with my children while my husband was away. And so that I think there was a steeping of that whole mentality uh, not only the shame, you know, there was no shame around it at that time because he was military. And so that, that that's almost like a badge of honor in many ways. You know, my husband's serving this country, I'm at home with my children, you know, supposedly holding it down a- until he gets back and then you you reconnect the family. And so going through that process for so long, I felt like I, I, I begin to not even appreciate being at home with the kids. I remember the first time that I went out with my children by myself. And I felt like this superhero, rah, rah, I did it. I actually called him. I think he was in another, he was in another state. I was like, oh my gosh, I took all the kids out by myself. You know, I had twins and my, I had my oldest, they were all young, you know, they all need to be in a stroller. So I had the double stroller. I'm bringing the toddler along and it just felt like I was a superwoman, you know, doing something. (laughs) But then it got to the point where, you know, just everything we had planned as a family and things that we wanted to do, those things never really began to come to fruition. And so I found myself now in this place where we're getting ready to get divorced. And we had not told our children, our children are asking us questions and we just didn't want to, to broach that subject. Mm-hmm. So now I'm um, having to separate and that was the first thing we separated and, um, we you know, started living in different places, from starting off in separate rooms to living in separate places to now moving in separate states. It was such a difficult thing to really uh, embrace and grasp because here in you know where I live in Pittsburgh, single moms are looked down upon in many ways who are divorced. And so I ha- wore my rings for, for a, a long time because I didn't want to give the impression. Mm-hmm. that I'm just some woman out making babies, because that's kind of what the, mm-hmm. that's what the mentality is for people who are, sing- are single moms. Oh, you just out making babies, you know, you wow. not, not protecting yourself. And so there's a stigma with it and around it in many people's eyesight, especially those sometimes not in our culture. Yeah, um, And where they look at it like, oh, that's what black women do. They just, you know, lay around, and make babies. And, you know, I, I it, it's such a terrible thing to even think about that that's mm-hmm. how you're regarded, but they're with that, you know? And you feel like you have to explain yourself. Mm. Oh no, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a divorce and, mm. you know, we just recently separated. You feel like you have to justify being a single mom and you don't have to justify anything, you know? Um, you're a woman who has children and so you've got to do what it is you purposed and are called to do. And that is be the best mom that you can for your children. So it was, it was, it was a tough, it was a tough journey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so what, what did you do to release the shame, release the, the guilt that came with that initial transition?
1: After I stopped trying to justify, you know, I really had to say that this isn't, I had to remind myself, Nicole, this isn't what you set out to do. This isn't what you signed up for. And so you can't allow people's opinion Mm -hmm. to shape who you are. And so I really had to just talk to the Lord about it. You know, I mean, anything that I've dealt with on this journey is just talking to the Lord about learning how to get quiet. You know, in many ways, I just kind of distracted myself in the beginning. You know, I think just trying to have an outlet of of doing something different than to think about where you are. But, you know, those things are going to They're going to wear out after a while. The distractions are going to no longer be distractions. They're going to be burdens at that point. And so you really have to, which I had to do is I learned, I had to learn how to sit with myself and understand where the shame and the guilt came from. And I was wearing something that didn't belong to me Mm. and that I had to allow the spirit of God to cover me uh, with his grace and cover me with his love um, to release that shame
0: so good we've got to take off the the jacket that does not belong to us right yes and yes. when you said that it just made me think of you know when you are at the you know at the mall and you're trying on clothes and you know like every store is different and mm-hmm. you know like every so you know where you think you wear a size eight in Ann Taylor it's very different than the size eight at Old Navy <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you put on a jacket and it's too tight. Yes. It's too small or yes. you put on one and it is just so big it looks like your dad's jacket, right? <laughs> and then you just you got to take it off because yes. it just doesn't fit and I just love that I love that you you realize cuz there's so many things as women that we put on that we take on because we are the glue, right? right. We are Super women, and we are really capable of doing a lot of things and a lot of things well. So, it we it we tend to put on so Mm -hmm. much onto our backs that we carry, that we that we manage, that we juggle the weight of all of it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, um, and we have to really learn how to take it off, take off the things that don't belong to us. I love that, love that. Yes, so, so do. good. So let's, um, sh- let's talk a little bit about the discipline piece and mm. the challenge and difficulty of disciplining your children as a single mom. <laughs> one- oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> oh my Lord, how many things have I done wrong? Um, you know, disciplining children, you know, as a single mom is one thing. Disciplining like teens, preteens as a single mom is something totally different. And I remember um, a a friend of mine who is single, she doesn't have children, but this is something her mom told her. She said, you need to make sure that your children completely understand that you are the alpha female in that house before they get a cycle. Like you really need to, you Mm -hmm. really need to do that. And if you don't, you're going to figure that out and that happened you know where you know my husband did a lot of the disciplining in the home and i would do it when he's not away but it's so different because your children see you as mom the one who loves you and you're like you throw the parties and you do all the really cool stuff and we snuggle and we do this and we do that but when you really have to to discipline them um, and try to do that as well as they are like preteens and teenagers it just makes the relationship very different. I had some very, you know, my girls are very strong-willed. Mm-hmm. They can be very rebellious. Their mouth is just like, oh my <laughs> gosh, sometimes you want to knock them. Like things that, you know, <laughs> they say now. My mother and my grandmother, I would have been in the floor. Like seriously, I think I would have been had a funeral by now. <laughs> if right. I said any of those things to <laughs> my mother. Um, it's it's difficult because you're you're trying to balance you know, building a relationship, making sure you're not your children's friends um, and, and be the disciplinarian as well. And, but you want your daughters to trust you. You want your, for me, it's daughters. You want your children to trust you. So you're trying to figure out how do I discipline? How do I structure their lives? How do I, you know, even through the pandemic, it was kind of just such another layer of trying to just get them to listen to what you're saying. Cut down the screaming and the hollering or the back talk. Like when you say something smart, or you, or you're snarky, or you're just disrespectful. Let's just call it what it is. You want to knock them in the mouth, really, yeah. as you used to get when you were a child. But you know you can't do that. And so the discipline piece, like taking their phone, sometimes my kids are like, I had that done a long time ago. I could care less. You know, it's not the corrective behavior piece you know so it's it's tough for me to figure out how to to really uh, manage it so what I started doing was taking things that are really important to them like I'm not a hairdresser I don't play one on television but I've been doing my children's hair since they were kids and one of the things was okay I'm not doing your hair anymore for right now because you're not going to talk to me any type of way you know, I'm taking this particular thing. Oh, you 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 want to go this particular place, or you want to do this particular thing? You're not going to be able to do that until you figure out how to talk to me correctly. And uh, trust me, those things. You know, when people want to be cute, and and you no longer add to the cuteness, they they figure out how to correct themselves <laughs> real quick because they don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do my hair. I was like, oh well, look, sounds like a personal problem to me. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Right. So, you know, and I, and, and then you acquiesce then I, and then I, cause then you feel like, oh, when they go on the street and they're looking crazy, <laughs> they're like what's <laughs>
0: wrong with that mom? Oh, gee. <laughs> and you know, let's, let's really talk about that because I think that is a real issue. It is. That is a real issue where, you know, I think, you know, not to generalize, but a lot of times, you know, the, the acquiescing or the, softening, so to speak, of the discipline and the, the time frame of the discipline wears on people, right? Not necessarily men or women, mother, father, but it can wear on you based on your, your makeup, your personality, your just who God created you to be. And I get it, I get it. And I hated it, disciplining. I was a stay-at-home mom for 16 years and was so blessed to be that but my husband, I was doing all the disciplining because I was home with the kids all the time. So I get it, but I used to get so irritated. And be like, oh my gosh, your kids, like needing the reinforcement from my husband. You know, like the, the kids did this, and I'm all the one, I'm the only one always disciplining. I'm always the one only spanking. I'm the one, I'm the one, right? And so how do you as a single mom even get your, the children's father to take some responsibility, some ownership, some action in disciplining your their children from afar, from a distance, if they are not there every single day?
1: Oh gosh, that is the hardest thing to do on both sides. I mean, I think in the beginning of this, I really was like crying out desperately because, you know, first of all, they're hurting. And so hurt people hurt people, you know, so, you know, I, I, I tried to be very open to the brokenness that they were feeling. I was feeling broken in this situation and I know they are feeling it even more because, you know, they lost everything and that wasn't their choice. Mm -hmm. And so I I felt the the hurt and their pain, but at the same time, it doesn't give you permission to be disrespectful to me. And so I would, I was just so, I would, I was a crazy person at first. I was like, (laughs) You know, I'm screaming, I'm grabbing people by the shirt, you know. I'm like, well, you're not gonna talk to me like that. And I'm just just out of feeling out of control, right? As a mom, because I'm feeling like I'm mad because I'm having to do this by myself and you're not here. So you know what I started doing? I started Marco Polo in that mess. I would Marco Polo them being out of control so he could see what was going on with them. And I'm calling him and I'm telling him stuff and I'm like, you know, I need you to kind of talk to them. And he would, and they're, you know, kind of like. Okay, rolling, rolling their, their eyes. eyes, because you're not here. It's like, how are you telling how are you trying to run me from afar, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's their mindset. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, how can you even have that mindset about your dad? Like, he's your dad, regardless of whether he's here, or whether he's not, he's still your father, and you need to respect him, you know, so he would you know, that's, the, that's what he would hear all the time of all just everything that's going on. Like they're saying this, they're doing this, they're doing that, and I need you to talk to them. And it got to the point where I'm like, listen, parenting from afar really doesn't work. It really doesn't work. Like you need to be present really in order for children to respect that authority. Yes, they're the, his dad. They're his dad. He's their dad and they love him but the respect piece, ha- you have to be present for that. And I, I, I get it. So I stopped telling him those things. Wow. You know, I really stopped engaging him in that way because it, it really, to me, it was making things worse more than making it better. Wow. Because they, I mean, because at times they're like, well, how is he even saying anything? He's not even here. Like, why is, he, why is he managing our house from afar? I said, first of all, he's your dad, regardless of that point. And it's not like he doesn't pay for stuff up in here because he does. So the, the, the bottom line is, you respect that. And so <clears throat> through prayer, the prayers of the righteous that avail much, and really, you know, speaking to a therapist about it, like, because there were some things even me, in me from even my own childhood, my own upbringing, that I needed to make some corrective actions for that I found popping up in, in these type of, you know, combative situations um, that I had the opportunity to really just approach it differently, have a different mindset and really engage the Lord mm. and just begin praying for my children in a different way. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't, I haven't had to, you know, call him with those types of things in a long time or say anything I'm just, delivering great information about them, you know, mm. and uh, the Holy Spirit's just amazing yes, because he, he's been working on the, on the ground of their heart and, just some acknowledgement on their part and them seeing where they are and taking responsibility is has wow. been awesome.
0: Yeah, that's, that is so, I think that's such a necessary practice as a parent, as a, a mom is praying for your children and really recognizing that while God gave you permission and power and privilege to really pour into your children that ultimately they are his and you are just stewards right you are to nurture and take care of and um and really trusting him in this really challenging process of navigating the different ages and the different Uh, things that come up with the different children, because every child is not the same. Every child Mm -hmm. cannot be parented. It's not like a blanket thing where you can parent because they all have different personalities and different areas of um, that need correction or pouring into or nurturing. And so how do you, as a mom, really apply prayer? Or, you know, what's the practical application of prayer in your life as a mom with your children?
1: Such a great question. Um, and it, uh, what I say may shock you. Um, but I, I do want just, to just speak to something that you said, is understanding as a mom that your children are different. And I think for so long, I made this mistake as a mom, especially mom of multiples, when you have children of multiples, twins, triplets, or what have you, I I made the mistake of referring to them as the girls, as Mm. lumping them together in so many ways, which I think did not afford them the opportunity to be individuals because I saw them as twins or as being the same, they absolutely are not the same. So I need to say moms of multiples, you probably know this, or if you're a new mom of multiples, Know that your children are definitely, they share DNA, but their personalities are absolutely different. Mm-hmm. And so to your to your point, you know, there was a season in my life where um, I was praying for my children and making declarations for my children on a regular basis. And I would take some of the, the Pauline epistle, epistle prayers and I would insert their name in it, you know, and um, they were just such... <clears throat> Beautiful prayers that, you know, that, you know, one of them is, you know, that, that my daughter, that, okay, I'll just take a name Trinity, that Trinity would be filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will, and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that she will walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, you know, I would pray. Just put their names in those prayers and begin So what do- is that for our listeners who don't know what the Pauline- The Pauline prayers are. Okay. So in the book of Ephesians, so the, the main books of the Bible, um, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, the Pauline epistles, they really started Galatians. Um, there are different prayers in there. So I'm going to give you one. It's uh, Ephesians chapter three, verses 14 through 20 and what i would do is i would insert their names into those places just as i shared with you and i would pray those out i learned that when we were at uh, rhema bible training center um, when i went to school that pray those prayers for yourself they're they're prayers that paul prayed for the church but you can apply those prayers to yourself because guess what you are the church right Mm -hmm. so he prayed those for them and so i would Take those same prayers, and I would pray them for my children. I pray them for myself. I pray them for my husband. I pray them for friends, um, uh, and and just allow the Spirit of God to um, activate His Word in their life. Because God watches over His Word to perform it right. Mm-hmm. So when we give God back His Word, He is performing the His Word in the life of the person we're praying for. And so that's what I would do for my children so that my prayers weren't necessarily what I wanted for them, but it's what the word of God declared for them. And um, if we can do that, you know, for our children, that would be awesome. You know, I'm going to I'm going to say it wasn't that I prayed these things every day. There was a while there was a time ago that I prayed them every day. But this is something that I've learned about prayer that I think um, it's such a necessary thing to know that prayer isn't a one and done. You know, prayer is absolutely something that is eternal. So prayers that you've prayed are still manifesting in the lives of our children. Um, and so there are times when, you know, the, my prayer was, Lord, please help me <laughs> when it comes to my children. <laughs> So if you help me i know they're going to be all right <laughs> that would be my prayer for them um but you know there are t- there was a time when i was just in a just in a spiritually dry place that i wasn't praying at all you know i wasn't praying for me i wasn't praying for them i wasn't praying for anybody mm-hmm. um and and I, and I was in many ways ashamed to even say that but that's just a reality that when you're in a dark place you know the that's the what, that's the power that the enemy wants to take from you. Yes. And you have to fight for it. You have to fight for um, that time spent with God. Even if it's that simple prayer that Joyce Meyer would say all the time, Lord, help me. Yes. You know. Sometimes it doesn't have to be those complex prayers because that, you know, I talk to the Lord in my heart a lot of times and a lot of my yes. prayers are not my mouth, isn't even open. You know, I'm talking to the father in my heart and I'm crying out to him, whether it's for my children, whether it's for me, whether it's for our situation that we're in asking for God's grace and his, 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 his sovereignty in our lives for his purpose to be done and um, trusting him through that process, we're we're seeing the change, and it's a it's an amazing thing.
0: Mm, so good, so good. And so, how do you? One of the things that I've I've talked to many friends and women about who are single parents, single moms, is their desire. Sometimes their action to overcompensate for their Father not being there, not being in the home, you know, whatever the situation is with their dad, and you know, talk a little bit about overcompensating in your own experience with just being a single mom.
1: Yeah, it's so, you know, that's such a tough place to be in because you you all remember the days of abundance or the days of family time and those times of just you know, being um, free to run around your house, because you had a huge house, you had so much space, everybody had their own room, you had a playroom, you know, you had all these great things in your house that you loved, that you enjoyed. And then now you find yourself in a two bedroom apartment, everybody's staying in the same room, you barely have enough space for everyone, you know, you're you're over, you know, tripping over top of each other at times looking for that quiet place. And so as a mom, I felt so ashamed and so uh, inadequate as a mom that I wasn't in a better place to provide a nice house for them, even if we're in a place where we don't want to be and everybody having their own room. So you allow things to, to go on that you don't necessarily agree with because you want to appease the situation, you know, um, okay, so we're having to be in this particular place. So I'm gonna allow you to do A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z, whatever that is. Um, like I, I would not normally allow my children to incessantly <laughs> be online. Um, but here we are in a pandemic, we're in a two bedroom apartment. <laughs> you can't go anywhere. (laughs) It's like, what the heck are we going to do? Like, I'm making masks, trying to get them to make masks. Let's do t-shirts. Let's play games. You know, all of that just kind of runs out a little bit. I'm like, I don't care. Just go online. (laughs) A year
0: and a half. Right. Hello.
1: It's like, you're watching just TikTok tock all day long and you think you're such a bad mom but you overcompensate in that way or you know I've I, I'm, I feel like the worst mom in this sense where your daughter is hurting and she's you know eating herself into you know a very bad place you know where you can't get out and go to the gym or they don't want to get out and walk or it's just you 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 see it and you you try to make great choices but, you know, okay, my kids want snacks or they want this or they want that. They want cupcakes. They want cookies. You know, we're, we're quarantined, mom. Like, can we just have some fun? Mm-hmm. But that fun sometimes comes with a cost. And when you overcompensate for, you know, whatever your situation that you're in. It comes at a cost, it comes at a price. And you have to count that cost. And if you see that the cost is too much, you've got it, you've got to make the correction. Even if it comes with some collateral damage, right? Yeah. Even if it comes with some, you know, just anger or outbursts or whatever the case may be, you have to maintain the authority and and make the decision to correct. Uh, the overcompensation because you know when you overcompensate say you're on a highway slippery it's raining if you overcompensate Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. when you're getting out of control when you're hydroplaning, what happens if you overcompensate right you're going to spin out of control you're going to cause an accident there's going to be something tragic that happens death could happen you're going to total your car whatever the case may be so that that collateral damage that comes with overcompensation it's not worth it. Mm. It's not Mm. worth it. And I know that firsthand because I'm having to make some, a huge correction in the life of my child Mm. because I allowed whatever state she was in to, to remain there.
0: Wow. That is so powerful. So powerful. I love that. If the cost is too much, you have to correct it. Even if it comes with collateral damage. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Wow. So powerful sis. so, um, Lastly, I want to just talk about co-parenting and communication Mm -hmm. and how, you know, like it's challenging already communicating, depending on the ages of your children and being a single mom and trying to continue to involve their, their dad, if they are, if the dad is in their life and sharing certain things with them and, you know, talking to them about different decisions that you two are making, how do you balance that?
1: It's so interesting you ask this question. Uh, It's such a fine and delicate uh, engagement. So, you know, in my situation, it's, it's unique. Everybody's situation is different, right? So for me, I've known their father for 30 years. He's been in my life for 30 years and we've been friends all of those 30 years. And so he's my best friend. And so it, Anytime anything happened in my life as my best friend, you're the first person that I want to call. You're the first person I want to talk to. You're the first person I want to engage, right? So now that we are divorced and our relationship has changed, all of that has shifted. And so now it has to be with intention. It has to be business and not personal, So co-parenting now, you have to look at it like a business agreement between you and another partner. And it's sometimes, it's not personal, it's just business. Hey, we have A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z. And if, you know, at one point we were, you know, co-parenting, and we were talking to each other, we would text something, or we would Marco Polo, and then I find myself, I'm like, I'm Marco Poloing him, like, almost every day, or he's Marco Poloing me every day, or texting me every day, I'm like, this is not healthy, like, it's not an okay thing to do, so I started to dial back from that, I'm like, I can't continue to do that, I didn't say I was dialing back, I just dialed back, and I'm like, you know, I wouldn't text you just right away. If you text me something, I'm going to wait a little bit. Not that it's game playing, but I have to, in this process, as a co-parent, make sure that it's business and not personal. We don't need to talk about, hey, how you doing? What's happening? How are you? And you feel like, you know, being cordial is the right thing to do. But at the same time, that will suck you into going back into a relationship or a pattern of relationship or a mindset of relationship that is no longer present. Mm-hmm. And so you have to balance co-parenting. It's 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 easier said than done. I think co-parenting should be something that, you know, if your relationship is amicable in the sense that you can have this conversation to, to lay this out ahead of time, hey, when it comes to co-parenting, this is what we need to do. We need to talk about the things that, you know, from health to school to um, achievements, all those things that are personal to them, but we don't need to get in the weeds of ourselves. Even if even if we were once best friends, husband wife, whatever the case may be, because I think that convolutes things, um, and yeah. I think it has to be mutual. It can't just be one person. You need to call me and you need to ask. I'm not going to always remember everything just because I get an email. I'm not going to you know call you up and say, oh well, they have this going on next week. My thing is it has to be mutual. You're gonna have to ask me. So hey, what do the kids have going on this week? Could you let me know, or you know, Hey, what, is there anything you know, can I come and see them at this time? Or, you know, when's the best time to call them? There needs to be mutual engagement and interest yes. in, in this process. So it's That's not easy. Good.
0: Yeah. I, I cannot, I can't even imagine. And um, what, how do you, you know, it's really difficult because I think that as a, even as a single mom, there's an expectation for, The children's father to do X, Y, and Z, or to participate in A, B, C, and how do you or what can you suggest or recommend or encourage single moms whose whose fathers whose whose either ex husbands fathers of father of their children they're not stepping up to the plate they're not participating they are violating the expectation of them as a mom what what can you do like how do you you can't force a you know a dad or a father to be a father right so Mm -hmm. how do you you know with that presence right the fatherly presence or the um you know God created there's order that he created in what in a family and when the when the order is out of order, how do you even incorporate the covering or the, the, that presence? You know, because it literally, it's like 70% of African-American children are raised in single parent households in some way, shape or form from the age of birth to 18. 70%, I think it's like 69%.
1: That's ridiculous. That is crazy. Sad. It's sad. Yes,
0: it's sad. So they, these children are missing part of what's purposed in their life because the father isn't present. The father isn't engaged, active in their lives daily. How do you, you know, with your ex-husband, their father, even being in a different state, in a different place, how, how, like, especially having girls. Mm-hmm. Really, I'm sure you've thought about this many nights. And, and what do you do?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think about that all the time because I grew up with a dad at home. And so I totally get the need for it and the purpose in it. And I cannot stress enough how much I have reached out to their dad to say those things, like what is needed for them as girls, you know, because this is a time where girls, I have teenage girls. So this is a time where they are now building relationship with their dad because it's a developmental time for them in understanding men and understanding relationship and the whole nine. And so it's, it's, it's difficult to do this. If you don't get the buy-in on both parties, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, yeah. like the girls have to be bought in as well as he does. And he says he's, he, he's dialed in, but at the same time, I think it can't just be um, you saying that it has to be sort of that engagement piece. And if the kids are not, you know, the girls have to be receptive of it. And and they have, some, to you, and they right? have to believe you, right? They have to believe you. They have to believe that you that you want to be there and you want to show up. And, and sometimes you don't, you can't get their permission to do that. It's sometimes you just have to show up and you just have to be there, you know. And so it's 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 difficult to do. You if if you have kids who have their own phones and you know they they can engage on their own and they're old enough, talk to them and and let them know just the importance of developing that relationship with their dad. Like at the end of the day, that's still your dad you know, and you still respect him. And so talk to him and reach out to him and he needs to do the same. And to me, I just feel like I can, I'm just trying to referee that, you mm-hmm. know, if, if, the, if the dad isn't really showing up and he's not present and not really interested in being present, you know, the only thing you can do, I think, is just to reinforce to your children um, that their dad loves them. You know, I think you have to just at least try to play that role to not downplay or talk bad about their dad or or to say anything to me that's inappropriate in front of them about him even if he's not stepping up to the game because you don't want to plant those seeds in their mind Um, because there will come a time prayerfully that there is a reconnection that there is a a relationship that's built you know a lot of times it's you know the reason why they may not be showing up is because the issues that are between you two And the children get punished for it in a way, you know, not purposefully, but sometimes because the situation is toxic. There's, you know, there's a disconnect there. So um, for me, what I'm doing is I'm encouraging my girls to to reach out to their dad. I'm encouraging their dad to reach out to them and continually trying to to help them and be the bridge, if you will, as we were just learning, be that bridge Mm -hmm. between the two of them to to connect them because it's so important. But I moved back home to where I have my brothers and and my dad here. So their uncles and their grandfather, you know, give them a great male presence in their life. And they don't have that on a daily basis.
0: Yes. So, so important. So what are, what is your greatest aha moment
1: as a single mom? The greatest aha moment as a single mom I think is that I can do it. Yes, I can do it. Wow! You know that's the that's the the greatest aha moment because I you know I didn't think for so long that I could could handle this situation, but I'm I'm learning that, and I think that almost seems so elementary, like duh. I guess you can do it because you're doing it, but no, really, that I can um, be the mom that my daughters need you know in absence of having a, a a a male in this house and um and that i can do it well you know mm-hmm. i haven't done it well mm-hmm. in the in the beginning of this um through trauma i didn't do it well <laughs> um but through this healing process you know i'm 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 learning and and taking the initiative and the steps to engage my children in a different way and to really hone in on who they are you know checking out you know the way that they love the way that they listen the way that they learn and in this in this new normal of ours because the way it was before and the way it is now is very different they're different children than they were when we were married and learning the, uh, who they are, their personalities, the beauty, the talent, their insecurities, their fears, their doubts, learning those things and being able to, to speak to them and to encourage them in it and to empower them in, the, in these moments is letting me know that, okay, Nicole, you, 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 you can do this. With the help of Jesus, girl, you got yes. this. Yes.
0: Oh, I <laughs> love that. I love yeah. that. Any final encouragement for our listeners
1: today? I just want to say to all you single moms out there, you absolutely rock. I am so encouraged by many of you that I see online, that I've talked to, that I've met that are just holding it down. You are doing it well, flawlessly even. And I just appreciate just the empowerment that you received and are walking out. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep loving you. as as fully and intentionally as you need to be so that you can, as a single mom, be the same way with your children. You are raising world changers. Like, it's so amazing when when I hear about, you know, different celebrities or ball players, you know, when they win Oscars or whatever, and they talk about their moms, you know, their single moms and how they held it down and they got them to this point. You are changing the world every single day. And I just wanna say, you rock,
0: love it, sis. Thank you so much. This is so great, and I know that our listeners are encouraged because I'm inspired and encouraged as well by your story. So, thank you as always for partnering with with me in this journey of just encouraging women and whatever stage of womanhood and marriage and and wifehood that they are in and beyond. And love you so, so, so very much. Thank you for your example. And um, can't wait. Again, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Month.
1: Yes, Mother's Month.
0: (laughs) Happy Mother's (laughs) Month celebrating you and all the beautiful,
1: wonderful mothers out there. Thank you so much. Love you much. Love you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I hope that it was encouraging, inspiring, supportive, and made you feel like you were not alone. So thank you for joining me. If we are not connected on social media, please come on over and say hello. DM me on Instagram at wife.wisdom. I'm always looking to give you the best content that supports you and serves you. So please send me your ideas for topics, for podcasts, as well as let me know how the Wife Wisdom Podcast has encouraged you or how it has supported you and brought up aha moments for you. I read and value and cherish all of these testimonies that I receive from you. So please, please, please keep them coming. Lastly, would you please do me a huge favor and rate and review my podcast if you have not already. It really helps the podcast to be seen and found on all of the platforms. So in order to rate and review, if you have an iPhone or an iPad, please go down, scroll down to the very first episode. It will say, write a review. So you click on the number of stars and you write your review right there. Unfortunately, if you have an Android, there isn't an easy way for you to rate and review the podcast at this time. But I would still love, love, love to hear from you over on Instagram. Rating and reviewing helps get the word out about the podcast to other women who are also looking for wife wisdom. So please continue to share with your family, your friends, and of course, your sister circle. I so appreciate you and value your consistent listenership. So have an amazing week and I look forward to connecting with you next time.